0: People care about their car buying journey. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing
1: experience with Goobagoo. Whether your customers are online or in-store, Goobagoo is there. See the magic at Goobagoo.com. That's G-U-B-A-G-O-O.com.
2: Welcome to Daily Drive. For Friday, January 27th, 2023, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News, joining you live from the floor of the
3: NADA Show in Dallas. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show... Ford weighs changes to EV dealer rules. American Honda expects a significant sales bump this year, and Lithia needs to buy up to 150 more dealerships to reach its goals. Plus, we'll hear from retailers who are trying to prepare for the FTC's proposed dealer rules.
1: We hoped that they would realize that this was crazy, but I'm not holding my breath.
3: Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up
2: in the auto industry. Ford is working with its dealer council on changes to its electric vehicle certification program. It comes in response to arguments from state associations that it's unfair and breaks franchise laws. The changes would include narrowing the differences between the program's two tiers. One tier limits EV sales in exchange for reduced investment in charging equipment. Tim Hovick leads the Ford National Dealer Council. He said in an interview this month with Automotive News that the two sides are entering the NADA show on the cusp of altering three major aspects of the program. I'm very confident that we're gonna come to a a place where I think all sides will will feel that we're fair, uh, that we're within uh, the boundaries of the franchise laws. The program has drawn rebukes from dozens of U.S. state dealer associations and prompted legal action. That's even as two-thirds of Ford's retail network agreed to adhere to the standards.
3: American Honda Motor expects to ramp up its sales volume this year after a disappointing 2022 performance. Last year resulted in under one million vehicle sales in the U.S. market. Honda brand projects it will close 2023 around 1.2 million sales and Acura is targeting 160,000 units. That's according to American Honda Vice President of Auto Sales, Mamadou Diallo. During a media briefing earlier this week, Diallo will soon step into the expanded role of American Honda Senior Vice President of Auto Sales when Executive Vice President of National Operations Dave Gardner retires at the end of March. He called the year that just ended frustrating and said consecutive challenges prevented production of consistent supply.
2: Lithium Motors will need to acquire 100 to 150 more dealerships between now and the end of 2025 to reach its goal of $50 billion in annual revenue that year. That's according to CEO Brian DeBoer, who spoke Thursday at Auto Team America's dealer forum in Dallas. He says some acquisitions could come outside the U.S.
4: As we start to reach some of the, the ceilings of what our manufacturers uh, will partner with us on domestically, we have to, we have to start putting our oars into different waters because we probably have three to seven years of growth with most, most manufacturers before
5: we start to cap out.
2: He says Lithia is currently generating around $28 billion a year. In addition to the acquisitions, DeBoer said he expects revenue will come from Lithia's digital retailing platform driveway and its green cars marketplace for new and used
3: electric and hybrid vehicles. And Nikola has unveiled its new global hydrogen energy brand that will serve as an umbrella for the zero-emission truck company's production and distribution of hydrogen. The new brand is called Hyla. Nikola President Kerry Mendez says in order to fuel Nikola's hydrogen fuel cell electric trucks, the company and partners need to find a way to develop the necessary hydrogen supplies and infrastructure to support the demand. He says that's the role HILA will fill. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, I'm there with you in spirit in Dallas at the NADA show. How is it looking so far? And what's the vibe from dealers? surprisingly good
2: the attendance is great there's a lot of people here Uh, there's a lot of good energy you know dealers are facing a lot of challenges things are going to get a lot harder than they have been the last couple of years but they all seem really
3: enthusiastic and and eager to get on with it that's good uh coming up we'll hear from dealers who are gathered this week in dallas about how they're bracing for the ftc's proposed retail product rules that's next on daily drive
2: Dealers, especially,
5: over the course of the last two years, have proven even more essential. Of course, they were deemed essential by the government, even more essential from a consumer standpoint.
0: You know, nothing stands still when you're in the car business. And if you're a dealer, like Jason Stein just told us, you should feel good about the future.
5: You know, that's so true, Mark. And, And there's so much noise out there. So if you're an owner, a general manager, you're in sales or in service, how are you supposed to help your business thrive?
0: Well, look no further. I'm Mark Spoto. And I'm Elliot Shore. And we host the Walk Around Podcast, powered by Jamin Menager. We talk to leaders who are influencing the automotive landscape today, and we promise you will learn something new with every episode. That's a sure thing. I see what you did there. You like that? Well, we'll talk about it.
5: Okay, well, anyway, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or whatever platform you're listening to. Just search the Walk Around Podcast.
0: People care about their car buying experience, and so do we. Provide your customers with an unparalleled chat and digital retailing experience with Goobagoo. Goobagoo is the leader in conversational commerce for the automotive industry. Our fully managed live messaging services instantly connect consumers to dealers, anytime and anywhere, through live chat, text, video, and more. Integrated with our fully managed chat, Goobagoo's virtual retailing platform enables consumers to buy cars online directly from the dealership's website through multiple channels. We are constantly improving the retailing experience and currently have over 100 integrations with CRMs, DMSs, and third-party applications. Goobagoo transforms the traditional car buying process into a modern, transparent, and seamless experience. Available 24 7, 365, our highly trained chat specialists are there to help. See it for yourself at goobagoo.com. That's G U B A G O O.com.
2: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The public comment period is now closed for the Federal Trade Commission's controversial rule change that would affect auto dealers. The FTC unveiled draft dealership regulations in June. The proposal would create new record-keeping requirements and ban valueless F&I products, among other things. Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine spoke with three people who are watching the proposed rule change closely as part of our retail forum NADA in Dallas on Thursday. Sam Dark is COO of Ziegler Auto Group, Cindy Mary is the finance director for Continental Auto Group, and Gene Noonan is a partner with Hudson Cook Law Firm. Here's a piece of their conversation.
4: I'm gonna, Sam, I'm gonna start with you. Are you laying awake at night waiting for that FTC shoe to drop? Uh, wondering when it's gonna come, what it's gonna say, or is this uh,
5: not in your daily worries? Well, let's start with the easy question then, shall we? Yeah. Right? Go straight into it. So, I think it's a mistake not to not to be concerned, not to look at it. I think, you know, until we know exactly how it will be applied, trying to find those core key products and then training our finance uh, folks and uh, sales teams to clearly uh, explain value so that the customer knows you know what they're purchasing. So I think that's really today. That's how we're seeking to prepare to kind of follow up on that. You talked about the frustration of in, this,
4: in these proposals from the FTC, kind of maybe not knowing when they talk about we're going to ban worthless you know, vehicle protection products. Right. And you're kind of, well, what's,
5: what's worth, worthless? What's worthless like, in the eyes yeah. of the
4: FTC? Yeah. Talk about the, the anti theft device that you use has been very worthwhile to you, but yeah. you don't know if it will be something that the FTC says, no, this is.
5: I mean, pre COVID, we never would have put anti theft devices in our vehicles, we wouldn't have seen the value in that. During COVID, as people were coming onto our lots and uh, stealing keys and cars, and and it became a a big challenge, we went out and found a product. This particular product's called LoJack. There's several out there. And not only has it nearly eliminated all the theft at our 35 stores across four states, but it's also helped us prevent against identity theft and some other uh, ancillary theft. So we've derived a very clear value from it. We began to offer it to our customers and uh, we have a very high acceptance rate on that particular product and they've shared back with us that they see a high value so i think you know this notion of a junk product what does it mean how do you show value it'll be interesting to see more guidance on 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 that but but that's how we're preparing today is is trying to make sure that those core products have that value cindy is
4: this top of mind for you these days or when you're not looking out your front porch at Russia are you are you is this is this something that you were concerned about or or you just kind of
6: I think we've always been concerned about presenting products that are worthwhile for our customers um, it's overwhelming for a customer to purchase a vehicle and then consider other things that can that, that are going to enhance their ownership so in In particular, the way we do business, we're not a traditional dealership. We are a one-touch process. Our floor staff have a lot to learn. Not only do they have to learn their vehicles, they have to learn all of the items that are available to their customers. It's a two-way thing that we look at all of our products because we don't wanna overwhelm our sales staff. The result is we're not gonna overwhelm our customers either. So we've been very careful about vetting products.
4: When we spoke earlier, you said that you, how much, you know, training goes, you've been doing the Tremendous compliance thing. and transparency. Yes. Is there a, without getting you in trouble with the FTC, if anyone here is listening, but <laughs> just between us, <laughs> is there a frustration that kind of sets in? Like, I know there were bad actors before. We've pushed a lot of those people out. We're doing the right thing most of the time. Why are you on our backs still?
6: In relation to the junk fees, probably not. I mean, I think, you know, that's always been at the forefront of our processes and how we put things together. But as far as the FTC coming in and starting to dictate processes, we've already worked. We've been at this process, the way that we do business for over five years. And so now being told how we need to do this process, I think that yes, there are some steps backwards So we'll we'll be looking at that and finding out, you know, really where do we draw those lines and do we really need to draw those lines preemptively? Probably not. Just be aware.
1: Okay. Miss Jean? Yeah, let me follow up on Cindy's point there because both Cindy and Sam have made excellent points. The frustrating thing here is that everything the Federal Trade Commission is concerned about is already illegal. It is already illegal. That's right. What this rule does are two things that are not particularly helpful. One is no matter how technical the violation, a dealership can be fined for up to $50,120 a day for each violation or each occurrence, and it lays on all sorts of paperwork and compliance burdens, and consumer micromanages the consumer interaction in a way that only a pointy-headed lawyer at the FTC, many of whom are my friends because I was there a long time and ran that division, would think up. They think that they know how the process works, and so in their minds they've created a system that will make it very hard to sell, voluntary protection products, or and they've over-defined what an add-on product is. So, one of the things, just as an example, a requirement that you put on your website and on mobile apps and banner ads, any internet advertising, a list of your add-on products and what they cost. Okay, if you really believe that people are going to, it's important for consumers to shop, that they're more interested in shopping for key fob replacement than they are for their vehicle, go ahead, put that on your website. Most websites can absorb that. Mobile apps, banner ads, internet sites that you don't control. Well, here's the thing. They have defined add-on products to include just not all the Voluntary protection products and F&I products that we think of. But anything a dealer puts on the car that didn't come from the manufacturer. So floor mats, trailer hitches, pinstriping, running boards, bolts. Matter of fact, I went on the Ford Auto website and counted the number of ancillary products. I didn't even go over to Lincoln because I'd gotten over 2,500 when I was still on the, on the uh, Ford site. So try putting that on your mobile app and keeping all those prices up to date. This is craziness. And you know we hoped in our comments, the comment period is closed now, so we've had our say. We hoped uh, that they would realize that this was crazy, but I'm not holding my breath. Anyone, anyone here holding your breath? <laughs>
4: I like the way you sugarcoat things, Gina. That's why you're on this panel. I'm like sorry? The you know, I mean, way you sugarcoat things. I, I re- speak your mind for once up here, Gina. Well, you know, I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm
1: known for being. A,
4: <laughs> that's why we're here,
1: that's why we're here. So
4: tell me a little bit about your FTC background. You were there, how long were you there?
1: I was there 14 years. I went there right out of law school. I went there because they had passed a law. Well, I was a consumer protection advocate. I I still am, I would say. I went there right out of law school, began enforcing the Equal Credit Opportunity Act and the Fair Credit Reporting Act having to do with privacy and accuracy. They kept bumping me up, and before I knew it, I was running the division of about 50 lawyers, and plus another 10 around the country. And setting the agenda, working on rulemakings, working on enforcement actions, commenting on regulations, developing educational material for businesses and consumers, and going out and speaking to find groups like this. And I would say that the FTC was a very sensible place, not because of me, although, <laughs> <laughs> no, a, a very sensible place. It was a bipartisan commission, no more than three people of the same party, And most of the votes were unanimous. Uh, It meant that people talked to each other and, and worked out differences, supported the staff, gave the staff good direction, and now we have ideologues that are making really poor decisions, really poor decisions. And so that kind of breaks my heart a little bit.
2: Gene Noonan is a partner with Hudson Cook Law Firm, Cindy Mary is the finance director for Continental Auto Group, and Sam Dark is COO of Ziegler Auto Group. They spoke with our own Dan Shine on Thursday at the Automotive News Retail Forum NADA in Dallas. That's Daily Drive for today.
3: I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer, Jake Neer, as well as our own Michael Martinez, Carly Schaffner, Christian Strakulaitis, and John Hutter for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on the FTC's proposed dealer rules, news from the NADA show in Dallas, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com.
2: Come back on Monday for more of our coverage from NADA and a conversation with Cox Automotive Chief Economist Jonathan Smoke from the show floor. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.